Well, Merry Christmas. My name is Brian Eisner. I'm one of the pastors here at Northwest. And I know that many of you that are here uh, tonight, you're here with your family to celebrate Christmas. And you know, I, I've, I found it to be true that the older I get, I remember when I was a little child and I really didn't care really that much about being at a Christmas Eve service. You know, kids, you with me? I didn't really care that much about that. In fact, what I really cared about was I cared about getting home and getting around the Christmas tree and hoping that this would be one of the Christmases because sometimes we opened up gifts on Christmas Eve and sometimes we opened it up on Christmas morning. And sometimes once the avalanche got started, we would just go ahead and open them all and I would sit in the Christmas Eve service and pray that this would be a year in which we would do that. That the avalanche would get started and we would open up all the Christmas presents right on Christmas Eve. But you know, adults, you I know will agree with me this evening that the older you get, all of a sudden Christmas presents aren't necessarily as exciting as they once were because you realize that even if your wife buys you something or you buy your wife something, it all comes out of the same pot, right? So that you're ultimately paying for it yourself anyway. You realize that all the gifts that your kids are getting, they're not paying for them, you're paying for them, and what begins to I've begun to realize the older I've gotten is that what I really love the most and what I really want the most is I really want to spend time with the people that I love. And that's what a Christmas Eve service, I think, provides us the opportunity to do. Those of you that are here tonight and your parents and grandparents, you know that sometimes that's not an easy task to accomplish either, right? To get your whole family together. It reminds me of a story of a couple that I read about just last week. I want to read the story to you. They're up here on the stage. They look like they're ready for Christmas. <laughs> An 80-year-old man called his son, I was reading, and he said, listen, your mother and I are getting a divorce. 45 years of misery is enough. Dad, what are you talking about? The son screamed. We can't stand the sight of each other any longer, he said. I'm sick of her face. I'm sick of talking about this. So you call your sister and you tell her. And then he hung up the phone. Now the son, obviously, is really worried, and he called his sister, and she said, no way are they getting a divorce. She called her father immediately, you're not getting divorced, don't do another thing. The two of us are flying home tomorrow to talk about this, and until then, don't you call a lawyer, don't you file a paper, do you hear me? And she hung up the phone. The old man then turned to his wife and said, okay, they're both coming for Christmas, and the best news is, they're paying their own airfare. And I'm telling you, that is one way to get them all home for Christmas. That's what this guy figured out. Please take him off the screen right now. We don't want to do that. Well, you know, the giving and receiving of gifts has been a part of Christmas celebrations for a very long time. In, in fact, it symbolizes the love that we have for one another. And you know, if you're here this evening and you're a follower of Jesus, that the greatest gift that we have ever been given as human beings is when Jesus Christ came to this earth, the gift of God the Father. He loved us enough that he gave us that great gift. And just briefly this evening, I want to give you several characteristics of the greatest gift that's ever been given, that gift obviously being Jesus. One of the first verses that we learn as little children is John chapter 3 and verse 16. In fact, even if you don't go to church that often, if you've been to church and you grew up reading the Bible, you know that verse very well. It says that God loved us, the world, so much that he gave his only son, Jesus, 
that whoever believes on him won't die, they won't perish, but they will have everlasting life. I want to give you several characteristics about the greatest gift that we have ever received this evening. And the first one is this, that it was an unrequested gift. And now most of the time when we receive a gift, it's something that we've wanted, right? It's something that we think we need, emphasis on think we need. And so we request that gift. Sometimes we receive an unsolicited gift, and in fact, that's what this particular gift was that we received when we received God's son, Jesus. Most of you have heard of the phenomenon that was started several years ago in the uh, infomercial world about the, the Snuggie. How many of you have them? All right, all right, several of you will admit it. I know there are more of you that have them. Well, several months ago, I, I mentioned, I made a statement that if, if people ever saw me in a Snuggie, they should shoot me. Now, I'm learning to be very, very careful of what I say because people sometimes are listening, actually, to what I say. And just yesterday, somebody handed me my Christmas gift, and, and it was a Nebraska Cornhusker Snuggie. That's what I received. I, I want you to know, this is a great illustration of an unsolicited gift, an undesired gift. My son said to me, well, it'll be great sitting around, you know, watching football, or you can put that thing on. I don't think I will. It was an unrequested gift. It wasn't a desired gift. It's a Snuggie. I mean, I don't want to put anything on that's called Snuggie. Here's the parallel to the gift that we received at Christmas. No one requested God's gift of Jesus. In fact, man never really saw his own need. Man never wanted God or to seek his help. In fact, history reveals that our tendency is to look everywhere but to God for help. But God loves us. That's the good news of Christmas. God did what any loving father here tonight would do. If you knew your children had a need, in fact, if you knew they had a need and they didn't even know that they had the need, you would still seek to meet that need because you as their father would know that they had a need. We wouldn't wait to be asked, and God didn't wait to be asked either. In fact, Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's an incredible thing. So it's an unrequested gift. Number two, it's an undeserved gift. Now, when we were kids, or at least when I was a kid, I was told that I wouldn't receive any gifts for Christmas unless I was good. In fact, my mom and dad would take me to the mall when I was very little, I can still remember this, and we would sit on Santa's lap and we would get a picture with a man, a big fat man in a, in a red suit. And the first thing that big fat man in a red suit would say to me is, have you been good this year? Now what kind of guy asks a kid knowing that the answer to whether or not they're going to get anything for Christmas Depends on that particular answer. What kind of kid's going to say, no, I really haven't been that good. In fact, just on the way over here, I was throwing Cheerios all over the minivan. No kid's going to say that, right? No, we say we've been good. I learned real early on that have I been good this year, the answer was always yes, because the big fat man in a red suit didn't know any better anyway. He was not in a position to know if I'd been good or if I had been bad. But you see, God's gift of his son is neither earned nor deserved. It's a gift that has no strings attached to it. 
There's no fine print to be considered, no special clause that would deceive us. God in his amazing grace offers to all the gift of salvation. And here's the great news today. Maybe you've never heard this before, some of you. But it's not a gift that you can do anything to earn or to merit. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says that for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God and it's not by works. Paul goes on to say, because if it was works, we could boast about it. Now, could that verse be any clearer? It's not of works. It's, a, it's the gift of God. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. And yet still God makes it available to us if we simply receive it by faith. In fact, one Bible teacher said it this way, everything we have today, in fact, we've gotten in one of three ways. We've either earned it, we've stolen it, or we've received it as a gift. And Christmas is all about a free gift that we have received, an undeserved gift. Number three, it's an unbelievable gift. In fact, the Apostle Paul described it this way when he said, thanks be to God for his what? For his unspeakable gift. Now, if I were to walk out into my driveway tomorrow morning, Christmas morning, and I were to see in my driveway what I told my daughter that I wanted, which was a 2013 Chevy Camaro, red with black leather interior, I would be shocked, right? That would be incredible. Hear me say this. That would be nothing compared to the gift that I've already received from God his son, Jesus Christ. Wow, that would be an incredible gift. Right, guys? I mean, some of you are going, yeah, I'm hoping that's what Santa's putting under my Christmas tree too. Well, that would be an incredible gift. That's nothing like the indescribable gift that God gave to us, his son. In fact, Romans 5, 7 says this, for one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man, someone would dare even to die. This is an incredible gift that we have been given. It is also an untagged or an unlimited gift. Some of you will remember this. Some of you probably still do this. You don't have to raise your hand if you do. But when I was a child, what I would do when my mom and dad left the house, when I got to the age where they could leave us alone and they could go places, I would go on reconnaissance. Anybody do that, right? I knew kind of where they kept, parents are actually pointing to different kids right now that have this reputation. I knew where they kind of hid things. I would look underneath the tree at the gifts that were wrapped and I would look at the tags very carefully to see whose name was on a particular tag. If it had my sister's name on it, then I obviously knew it wasn't for me. Now there are some smart parents out there. You know who you are and what you do is you kind of just mix up all the tags. The problem with that is the older you get, you forget as well. That can happen, right? I love the characteristic, though, of God's gift being an untagged or an unlimited gift. Hear with me again, John 3.16. God loved not just some people in the world. And God didn't love just the people that are, that are really, really good in the world. The Bible says that God loved the whole world that he gave his son, that whosoever, that's you, that's me, believes can have it. An unlimited gift. Doesn't matter what you've done. See, there's a whole world out there that is seeking somehow to attain a relationship with God based on how good they are. 
And yet the free gift of God's salvation is that it is an unlimited gift. And it's not based on anything that you do or that you have done. I like to say it this way. God knows whether we've been naughty or nice. And yet he still makes the free gift available to us. Untagged, unlimited. It doesn't cost anything. It's free. Here's what's really sad though. Even if all of those things are true of the characteristics of God's free gift of salvation for us, the saddest of all the characteristics of God's gift to man is that so often it is an unclaimed gift. Imagine this. Imagine that you have, as you've gotten all your Christmas shopping done, which I'm sure all of you have gotten it done. If you're not, if you haven't done it by now, you are going to the 24-hour 7-Eleven, something like that, and it ain't going to be too pretty tomorrow morning. I'm just, I'm just letting you know that. But imagine if you have been one of those people that ahead of time you have shopped, you have gotten just the perfect gift for a loved one, and that gift never got opened. In fact, tonight and tomorrow, here's, here's what's really going to happen. Parents who have worked hard, who have, who have sacrificed for a particular special gift, will give their children that gift. Or a husband who has waited for this particular moment to give his wife this gift that he's been putting money aside for, the anticipation of that moment is going to be there when they open that gift. And every parent longs to hear, oh, this is just what I wanted, Right? Little children don't know any better. They tell the truth, right? Adults, we just say that. Oh, that's wonderful. You kind of smile. It's wonderful. That's what we want to hear. Then the children go and they hug their mom and dad in appreciation for the gifts that they were given. Imagine the sorrow that there would be for you if you had worked to, to save up to purchase this gift, if you'd taken the time to go out and find that particular gift. And when that gift was put underneath the tree, after everything was said and done, it laid there unclaimed and unwanted. Here's the sad thing about this Christmas Eve 2012. That's exactly what happens to the God of the universe on a regular basis. You see, he gave us his son, and yet many have never received that indescribable that undeserved, that incredible gift, many of us still have not taken it. Jesus Christ gave his life then. He didn't just come as a baby. He lived for 33 years amongst us, and then the scripture said that he gave his life as a payment for a sin debt that he did not owe, that you and I owed, that we couldn't possibly pay on our own. And yet, even though we have that incredible gift that has been offered to us, for many of us, in fact, maybe for some here tonight, it remains unclaimed. How sad it is to give and receive gifts at Christmas and never to receive the greatest gift of all, and that is God's Son, Jesus Christ. That first uh, Christmas, God gave to human beings the greatest gift we could ever receive. It was, it was unsolicited. It was undeserved. It was unbelievable. And I would challenge you on this particular Christmas Eve and Christmas not to let it go unclaimed. Here's the truth of the matter. The birth of our Savior makes this life worth living. 
doesn't it? Because there's more than just simply existing on this planet. It makes eternity secure because our sin debt has been paid for on the cross. We don't need to worry about the end of the world, which, by the way, if you didn't figure it out, it didn't happen Friday. We don't need to worry about that, though, right? Because we know eternity is secure. One of my dear pastor friends who was diagnosed with ALS just a year ago, I got a text from his wife just a few hours ago and said, pray for me, pray for my kids. Patrick will go to be with Jesus most likely in the next 24 hours. And I say to you that the birth of the Savior makes eternity secure. Lastly, for my friend Dina and her kids tonight, it takes away the sting of death. For those who know what is waiting for them in heaven because of the gift that they have received, named Jesus. I beg of you not to go home tonight and to open up a bunch of gifts underneath the Christmas tree, which many of them, you do understand, right, parents? A few weeks from now, a few months from now, will lay in a toy box, they'll lay in a closet, they'll go unused. I beg of you not to focus on those things which are temporal, those things which fade away, those things which don't last, which ultimately don't satisfy. Think about what you got last Christmas. You can't because you can't even remember it. Don't focus upon those things. Focus upon the greatest gift that has ever been given to us, and that is God's Son, Jesus Christ. God loved us so much that he gave his only Son, Jesus. It's the greatest gift ever. It's, It's the gift... That doesn't just last for a month or for a week or for a year, but it lasts for all of eternity. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you gave us a gift that we did not solicit, that we so did not deserve, that was so incredible, so indescribable. God, I pray that this gift would not go unclaimed. Certainly by those that are under the hearing of the sound of my voice here tonight. God, I pray that we would understand, maybe for some of us the first time, for some of us maybe we'd be reminded of it again, that we are desperate people. We are are lost because of our sin that has separated us from you. And the only way to be reconciled to the God of the universe and enjoy the relationship we were created to enjoy is through Jesus Christ. So God, we don't just eat cookies and sing songs and give gifts and sit around a Christmas tree just for the sake of amusing ourselves. God, we thank you for that indescribable gift, your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.